The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. News Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. And uh, big surprise today, I have a guest. Matt Mastin is in studio. Matt, thank you so much for uh, coming down here quickly. I know it was short notice, and I appreciate you being here. I, I heard that you were going crazy talking to yourself. <laughs> and I appreciate you calling it a big surprise. <laughs> It was unintentional. <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't going crazy. I was having a great time. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say it. Well, maybe I was having a great time. You know, it's fun doing it by myself. But, you know, you guys needed help in the stores, and so yep. we didn't want to take away from the customers that need help out there. And uh, But, you know, we're, we're all staffed up. We're, things are slowing down a little bit. We made it through Mother's Day. And uh, now we're kind of it's it's weird to like we there's a ton of buildup for Mother's Day mm -hmm. and then it's like it doesn't really stop but it's certainly right. there's a different like there's a shift yeah it would be like I, I always equate it to like if we were like doing a Christmas rush and we worked at the mall but yeah. then ninety percent of what we did the week of Christmas. We just sustain for the next six right, weeks. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because now it's real. Now it's real garden time. Exactly. Yeah, we're past last frost, so it's absolutely the best time to start getting those plants in the ground. And today would actually be really good with this overcast sky. Yes, sir. Uh, makes it a perfect time to plant the garden because it's going to really reduce that transplant shock. I mean, really anything you're going to put out. Uh, you you might want to plant today is would just be perfect and especially want to get that stuff out before we get into the heat. Uh, so let me uh, real quick let's get the phone numbers out there just in case anybody has any questions. We're going to talk about some bug stuff. We're going to talk about some gardening things, and uh, if there's anything you want to talk about, we'd love to hear about it. You can give us a call at two zero eight three three six three seven zero zero or one eight hundred five two nine KBOI. Last week um, I spent a little bit of time talking about. Uh, recipes and some food, like you know, we grow all these plants. You did and that we wanna... me? <laughs> I know that's what I. That's why I brought it up. But I did get uh, a customer or a caller did share. Uh, she did email me a really uh, exciting uh, rhubarb custard crumble that I am going mm. to try. Interesting. I've not had a lot of rhubarb things, um, but you know, somebody shared it hey. with me, so I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it a try. I've never actually made a custard, so I'm excited about. That as well. I'd be you'd um, be surprised what goes into what you know. Like I always, 
A couple play, places make a sour cream lemon pie, and it's delicious. That sounds crazy. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> All right, well, we we can exchange that okay. information later. so I can try it later next, but, on the next show. <laughs> but yeah, if you uh, you know, if you're excited about something that you're planting uh because you grow something, I want to hear like that's going to be a consistent yes. thing for me this summer because I am like I've found that cooking has become like one of my major outlets. Um because I'm working at home, I don't have that kind of transition time from home to work anymore and so my my cooking time has kind of become that where i kind of get to unwind and i get to eat afterwards don't go out to the garden and Uh, just whisper to the plants yeah (laughs) you're my sous chef (laughs) so i'm excited to hear more about uh just the things people make i'm really i'm fascinated by it and i want to be able to have a, a big repertoire of things that I can make from the food that we grow in our backyard. So if you've got some of those, give us a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Looks like we already got a phone call from Dennis. Dennis, how's it going? How can I help you today? Oh, doing well. Um, I wanted to find out. I, I got a problem with foxtails, mm. and I'm trying to out how to get rid of foxtails in a pasture, small pasture. Okay. And without killing everything. Right. Um, So foxtail, there's actually two kinds of foxtail. There's a yellow and a green. And I believe it's the yellow one is annual. There's really, it's difficult to tell the difference between them um, without really having a sample of each, of each. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, is this, have you been in the past? Have you had the pasture for a while or is it new to you? Yeah, no, we, we've had it for quite a while. Okay. And, uh, in certain areas right around the edge, it just comes back every single year. Okay. But it does, it does die. Like, does it go away? Yeah. Die down? So, yeah, later in the year here, it'll kind of sure. kind of die down, go away, and then it comes back again. And and uh, I just replanted one section um, last fall, and then this spring here, I don't know why, but instead of the good grass coming up, the whole thing is foxtail. Mm. I'd say, and I, I think, don't know where they came from. Yeah, I think you've got the. I think you have the annual foxtail, which is actually a little bit easier to treat for, um, particularly because I mean foxtail will go to seed at a very low height, which is unfortunate, uh, similar to like poa anna. But you'll um, what I would do is, and it's probably what happened was the foxtail is just grown faster than the other stuff. Right. Um, so you may still get some right. of your other grass to come in. Uh, but what I would do is consider using some pre-emergence uh, next. Gosh, and this is where it's been. A, it's I'll tell you what, Dennis. It's been a while since I've had to deal with foxtail, so there's some particulars I'm not really remembering. Um, and so, right, because I you have to. I can't remember if it germinates in the spring or in the fall. Um, if it's you know something like cheatgrass, cheatgrass germinates in the fall, which actually inhibits a lot of your spring growing stuff because there's something there. I think it's. I th- I'm pretty sure it's fall. Okay. I think I think you want to get a pre-emergent down in August September. Okay. And it should limit it in spring, but and we'll, then we'll check. Yeah, I think what we need to do, Dennis, for me to make sure that I have it right, because I am what will. <laughs> What's going to happen here is I'm going to make a lot of guesses, and I don't know that they're right, and I don't like guessing when I don't know for sure. So what I think, if you can email me, zamzos at zamzos.com, I will spend some time making sure I have that information and strategy correct for you. 
uh, because it's been a while since I've had to deal. It's like one of those things that I, I know I used to know, but I haven't talked about in like five years. So I can't remember. Um, okay. And I don't want to lead you astray. So or lead you down the wrong path and waste your time. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so send- I guess go to- yeah, you, if you go to zamzos.com, yep. okay. yeah, go to zamzos.com, scroll down to the bottom. There's a little form that you, uh, you can just put your email address in. That goes to me, and I will get it. Just say, hey, this is Dennis from the radio show asking about Foxtel. I'll get that information because, like I said, it's, um, it's been a while since I've had to deal with that strategy. Also, what, kinda, what animals are you growing out there? Or raising? So. Well, right now, right now we've only got some horses. Okay. Yeah, and so that's another. Yeah, and that's another concern we have to be aware of, uh, just because some of those things you don't want to use around horses. Some of them, you know, it doesn't matter, uh, but some things you want to be careful about. So let me, yeah, let's do that right. because I, uh, like I said, I don't want to be wrong, especially on something important like that. So. Okay. All right. I yeah. I appreciate. It. Yeah, sorry I couldn't get you that info right now, but uh, I will figure it out and I will get that to you. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the call, Dennis. I appreciate it. Uh, do we have time to go ahead? Let's go ahead and talk to Clayton and Emmett. Clayton, how's it going? How can I help you? Doing great. I was just talking, thinking about the foxtail. If yeah. that fellow's still listening, I, I'm fighting with the same problem. And I put down a pre-emergent uh, in February just before a rainstorm. Yeah. Because it needs to be watered in. Right. And uh, you need, I don't know what kind of grass he's got in his pasture. Yeah. But I happen to have uh, perennial rye in some of mine. And you, you want to make sure you you don't get too much on perennial rye because it will stunt it. Sure. But uh, anyhow, I got the product. It's a Wilbur Ellis product called Panasonic. Panasonic. Okay, and, I don't uh, think we carry that one, but we might have a similar yeah. ingredient. You you might have the the ingredients. Yeah. But, uh, at any rate, it did the job, and uh, it's supposed to take foxtail as well as cheatgrass. Okay, that's so good to know. My foxtail hasn't doesn't emerge until July, and I'm thinking it's an annual and it's mm. a green. Yeah. But at any rate, okay, that's one thing. The second thing. Uh, this is the first year we've planted a, a vegetable garden, and I'm trying to figure out how to determine if I'm overwatering or underwatering. Can you help me with that? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it it varies by. I mean, your soil is a big part of it. Like, if your soil is, you know, you've been taking care of it and you've got a, a well draining soil, um, or if you have a heavy clay soil, people will tend to overwater when it's a heavy clay soil. Um, and okay. with, if it's, let me, let me, yeah, let me tell you where I am. Uh, yeah. I'm on the South slope over here and we're very sandy. Okay. And, okay. uh, I, I tilled it up with a rototiller and, uh, on one end of it, it's almost totally sand on the other end of it, it's a nice dark loam. Mm. But I, I went down to your store here in Emmett and put two bags of humigreen on it. Nice. And one bag of your chicken manure. Okay. And I concentrated that on the end with the sand. So nice. I'm very sandy and I drain well. Okay, so good. Go ahead. So um, so that's good. It sounds like you got the soil in a, in a good place for right now. So what... Um, 
it's going to depend on the plants. Typically, what I will do is I like to water a whole lot infrequently. So I want to water for 30 to 40 minutes, uh, and then I'm going to stop watering until I see those plants, the soil starting to dry out, and the plants are almost about to wilt. Then I water again. It's going to change based on like time of year. You know, Right now, they're not going to need quite as much as once they get really big then they'll need more. So I, I think your your best bet is to water heavy, water really good, and then let it dry out and just watch those days until you start to see that plant just start to, you know, not wilt, but just start to sag a little bit and then water it heavy again. And that's really kind of a good way to tell how quickly your your soil is using that water, those plants are using that water. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh Right now, I am watering. Uh, well, I made myself a drain, uh, you know, a drip system out mm-hmm. of PVC. Yeah. So, so I'm watering twenty minutes at seven in the morning and twenty minutes at two in the afternoon, and it those sprinklers are not sprinklers; they're they just run down yeah. the row. I'm, I'm kind of on a slant. Are you doing that? Ske- are you doing that schedule every day? Yes. Okay. You're probably overwatering. Yeah. Um, you probably okay. won't need that much. So I would just back okay. it off. Don't start. Don't to, go. Don't go the other way. But just take out a day. Just start taking out a day or two, and then and then China change. It's gonna it, watering is always a moving target. It's never a set thing. But I think you're probably okay. yeah you're yeah. probably getting too much out there right now. Uh, so okay. back it off to maybe once every two days, every three days. And it has been warm this year right. too. Yeah, it's and warm we already. haven't had yeah. rain. So you, you definitely want to watch it, but yeah, start backing it off. And then that way you can tell you want to be on the verge of underwatering, underwatering okay. in my, like almost underwatering is better than overwatering. Right. And, and, and Nolan referenced it earlier, like a general good rule of thumb for any kind of plant is less frequent, but for longer duration. Because you want to get a okay. nice deep watering, so that when the plant's growing and sending out those roots, it knows to go deeper instead of staying near the surface, where it can dry out. Like you, and if you water deep, it'll stay moist for days, and then once it dries out, then you flood it. Okay, well, like like I can stick my finger in the soil, and if it's not muddy, uh, maybe water. Yeah, you're probably yeah. good to go. Okay, if I overwater, what does the plant do? Uh, it will usually start to uh, turn lime green. Um, is usually the first case. It's going to start looking pale. Okay, okay, so it lightens up and it's green. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, guys. Thank Thanks for the call, for Clayton. The appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate the call, Clayton. Sorry, we got to go to a break. Uh, we went a little over there, but that's okay. We appreciate the call. We will be right back here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBY. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo here with my dad, Jim Zamzo. And dad, tell me about this new fertilizer you invented called Chicken Soup for the Soil. Customers are loving the product, but I'm not sure the name makes much sense. Well, Josh, it's called Chicken Soup because it's got a little bit of everything I've learned about growing food for the past 60 years. Well, in that case, why didn't you name it everything but the kitchen sink? (laughs) Because it can do a lot more than a kitchen sink, and it works great just like chicken soup when you feel sick. Well, Zamzo's customers are loving Chicken Soup for the Soil because it really works, and it's a great value. In fact, it only costs 47 cents a gallon to use once it's diluted. And a good homemade chicken soup 
soup doesn't have to cost a lot either, but it sure works. You know, now that you explain it, Chicken Soup for the Soil is a pretty good name after all. I'm glad I didn't change the name and throw the baby out with the bathwater. Hey, that might be a great name for the new dog shampoo I'm working on. Uh, maybe not so much, Dad, but you got it right with Chicken Soup for the Soil. Nobody knows like Samzo's. DQ. News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings at 5, it's Casper and Chris on 670-KBOI. All right, we are back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. With me today is Matt Mastin from our Federal Way location. And uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show, we'd love to talk to you. You can give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. KBOI, excuse me. Matt, thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate you being my uh my go-to guy coming in hanging out with me for a little bit today. Uh it's uh it's been a while since I've had a host. I'm trying to remember how to do it all. I, I think that uh normally I would say that I'm Chewbacca to your Han Solo. <laughs> I'm thinking more like I'm I'm Barf to uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> Whoever the yeah, whatever the equivalent guy was in yeah. Spaceballs. <laughs> Uh, well, that's not too bad. Um, so we were. I wanted to talk about bugs a little bit because there was some. There was quite a bit of bug talk. We got. Um, there was a, an alert from the. I think it was like the. It's like the Pacific Northwest yeah. insect people, something like that. Not insect people, like not like people that are insects. But. It was like a gardening and yeah landscape. And they were talking about grubs starting to become active, and yep. which is pretty is relatively early. Um, for at least the years we've seen, it hasn't been like in years past, I can remember, you know, having bill bugs, seeing bill bugs really early, like even in March, but it hasn't been that way for a long time. So that there's a a good amount of activity already, I think is a good indicator that it's been warm. We had a mild winter, uh, not a lot of rain, which means we've, we're kind of set up for a lot of stressful situations. A lot of potential Mm -hmm. stresses, uh, could and probably will happen this year. And bugs are one uh, that we can do a lot to prevent and avoid right now. Uh, so I, I, w- w- the first thing I think with uh, with grubs, if you haven't done it yet, you should absolutely get the duration grub control on the lawn absolutely. T- today. I would absolutely do it today because they're already being active, which means they're already laying eggs. And if you can get that preventer down right now Mm -hmm. you're going to be timed i think you should be have enough time that you can still prevent them from causing any serious it's what it's what we always say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure yeah absolutely and that's i mean it's definitely the case when it comes to bugs so um if you're doing some work out in the lawn absolutely if you haven't go get that grub control the zamzo's duration grub control get that on the lawn right now uh, I did a quick little video. If it's not something you've ever done, you can find it on YouTube or you can find the link to it on our Facebook page. It's just a little quick video on how to apply it. It's really easy. It just takes a couple minutes, and it's going to make uh, your uh, lawn bug, uh, particularly grub, and it does work on chinch bugs as well. So you're kind of getting a double whammy. Those are the two main bugs that cause damage to our lawns here in the Treasure Valley. Looks like we got a call from Wendy and Eagle. Wendy, how's it going? How can we help you today? Hi, good morning. It's going well. Um, Are you able to hear me? I can, yeah. Okay, perfect. So I have a a, a fairly new landscape. We've been in about two years. And I noticed that um, really at the end of the season near the fall, my weeping cherry that is in the middle of a lawn um, started to drop its leaves 
and I thought maybe it was just stressed with the heat and, and whatnot. But at the same time, I'm really trying to dial in my watering on the lawn. Yeah. And I had some problems and I mean, I, I, it's exhausting to try to figure out everything that's going on, but <laughs> so I went, I took a sample down and, and you guys said that um, right away I was overwatering um, mm-hmm. because you saw the mold and, and whatnot. And so I, I believe that that's what was happening with the tree that it was getting too much water. And I thought I was really hopeful that it would come back this year. I had a couple branches produce flowers, but I, it's, it's not dead, but I believe it's dead. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm going to have to, there's, I have zero branches. Of, I'm sorry. I have one branch that produced some yeah. leaves. So okay. Like 30. And so I think it's gone and I'm just debating on what I should replace it with because I think that, it's even though if I dial though I'm trying to figure out the watering system, but even if I dial it back, it's still getting all of that sprinkler water yeah. for the grass. Yeah, and, and you, I think it's got a drip as well. Sure. There, I'm not oh, sure, okay, but yeah. okay. And you said it was a weeping cherry, right? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a willow because a willow would definitely n- not have a problem with too much water, but <laughs> a weeping cherry yeah, absolutely could. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that come to mind with a weeping cherry: it's not, you know, what, weeping cherries are grafted trees, which means they're taking weeping branches, they're grafting it onto a stock, um, which is a normal cherry tree, and then those branches are actually grafted onto the top, and that's what creates the weeping effect. It's not a natural Mm -hmm. tree. And it's very common for those grafts to fail. Um, Even if, you know, you did everything right, sometimes those grafts just fail. And it could be, uh, there was a couple years ago, actually, when I was at the manager at the Eagle store, we had, uh, it was a micro uh, event that uh, we went from like 60 degrees to like, 10 degrees overnight. Oh, it was a, I think I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty It was pretty tragic, and a lot of weeping cherries died. That was one of the major ones hit. So they can be tend to be kind of sensitive. So I, I, And if it's in the lawn, I would not recommend mm-hmm. a weeping cherry in the lawn. I think it's yeah. more of a, yeah. like a, you know, on the edges on your landscape plant part. Yeah, of, two other that are doing great. Yeah. And they're up on a berm and they're, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's really the place for them. So I, I, I wouldn't replace okay. a weeping cherry there. Um, you know, but and especially, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, if, if there's a couple of things, would you have anything in mind, Matt, for um, a replacement? I mean, the, I mean, the other, the questions I usually ask in those situations are, you know, uh, do you want to replace it with another, like, did you want to do, a fruiting tree? Do you want to do a flowering tree? Like, are we going for Well, I shade? love the look of a flower and maybe, so it's going to get, it gets the intense afternoon sun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I don't want it really large. I, I sure. want it the, the size, you know, six, eight, eight, ten, maybe the most. Yeah. Ten feet. Okay. So, so I can have handle a, the extra water. Yeah. I have a few ideas. Now, one, I... Okay. I like a crab apple. Some people don't like crab apples because they can produce that crab apple, which right. can be kind of a hassle to clean up. You can do uh, there are so there are, there are versions of crab apples that will not. So there's uh, spring and snow is the one that comes to mind. It's a white crab apple. It is um, mm. it's very pretty. It's a gorgeous tree, <laughs> and it will not produce. It's sterile, so it won't produce crab. Oh, apples. okay. So that's one to look out for. There are some others. I can't remember the names, but there's, I think it's like, um, I want to say like, 
I think it's called Pink Princess or something along those lines. Um, that will produce a crab apple, but it um, they actually hold onto the branch and actually shrivel up almost into nothing. So they don't actually drop oh. until the next spring when it pushes new leaves. So they're very easy. They're a lot easier to clean up. That's one that's uh, carried by, uh, made by, or produced by the Sch- Sch- uh, Schmidt Tree Company, which we do carry. So that's one to look out for oh, as well. Okay. And that's a very beautiful. Do you pink carry flower. the spring and snow? Um, usually, yes. We should usually have that. I, I don't know what's available mm-hmm. at this moment. Chances are our chin mm-hmm. store is going right. to have some. Mm-hmm. Um, and if again, if you want to, uh, you can either email me zamzos at zamzos.com or I'll be actually be on the our live chat on our website um for a few hours this afternoon till about three i will be on there if you ask for nolan okay um i can look up the inventory live for you okay that's awesome and those okay, and i thought about a crab apple so that's okay yeah those would be my okay. kind of go-tos for a shorter one you could always go with like um uh well, if it's going to get heat, you wouldn't want to go dogwood. A dogwood would be tremendous, but probably not, not going to handle the heat. heat. So, um, okay. But uh, yeah, crab apples are just—they're strong trees. They're very durable. They can handle a lot, and there are some ways to get around that kind of nasty crab apple. So, okay, okay, perfect. Can I ask another question? Um, I think you, you we need to now. go to break. But why don't you hold on the line? Okay. Let's let's take you after the break here, okay? Okay, All right, good. we'll be right back here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and Saturday, May 22nd from 5.30 to 8 p.m., the Children's Museum of Idaho will come alive. It's their second annual Night at the Museum where the exhibits come to life through costume characters with stories to tell. For example, your kids can learn about airplanes from Amelia Earhart, all about electricity from Nikola Tesla, or even learn what it's like to be on a pirate ship with Blackbeard and his crew. Zamzos will be sponsoring pony rides from 5.30 to 7 p.m., and kids can pretend plant in the Zamzos garden and visit the Zamzos animal barn too. It's all part of the many interactive exhibits at the Children's Museum of Idaho, located in Meridian across from Winco Foods. But don't wait, tickets for a night at the museum are limited and can only be purchased online at cmidaho.org. Sorry, no tickets will be sold at the door, so go to cmidaho.org and purchase your tickets now. Then we'll see you Saturday, May 22nd from 5.30 to 8.30 for a night at the museum from the Children's Museum of Idaho and your friends right here at Zamzo's. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part three, the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. With me today is Matt Maston from our Federal Way location. If you'd like to be a part of the show, we'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We're going to go back to Wendy because she had another question. I want to make sure we uh, answer everything for her. So, Wendy, you still there? I am. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. So I um, I'm talking about the drip system. You know, I cannot I cannot measure how much water is going out through the through the drip lines. I yeah. I did your water test, so I get I got a good idea, and I have a question about that. But for the drip systems, I mean, how what's the average they should be on? How long maybe? Yeah. How often? You know, I everything looks pretty good. Yeah. Right now I'm watering two to three times a week and yeah. those are just on for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's about what I do. It's kind of drip systems are very, um, 
they're very difficult to say for sure because there's a lot of um, weird science that goes into it. Actually, um, are these? Is this a drip system that's like a soaker hose? Like, does it? Is it just a hose that like mm-hmm. weeps water, or is it like have yeah. line? Okay, so it's just a weeping, uh, bleeding through the 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 tube essentially the holes they yeah, like yeah. the tube has holes all over and it, okay. yeah the water just comes out of it yeah and so that's kind of a, that's a difficult one you can't really like you said you can't really measure that sometimes when they have the lines coming off them you can adjust those because you're going to put an adapter that's going to change it to like half a gallon per hour an hour a gallon per hour oh. um, so with that one it's kind of tough to say what it is um so i would say you know Again, kind of like we did with the other the other caller, I would say air on underwatering first. Okay. And if you're noticing some heat stress, you know you're noticing some wilting, you're noticing some issues. Go ahead and and add a little bit more. I would say your twenty to thirty minutes is probably enough time. That's typically what I do on my uh, drip system. Uh, but I have a it's different. It mine mine uses little the little tubes that have like the little fan sprays that come up. And those are the ones I like oh, to I do. Oh, I know. Okay. Um, but yeah. for the soaker hose, you might even need to go a little bit longer. But I would start. I would keep with your about 20 to 30 minutes about every couple of days for now. Uh, typically what I do is I, you know, uh, because I water my lawn a lot less. I, or no, I shouldn't say less. I water for a long time, but I only do it once or twice a week. Um, I actually have a second program on my, my sprinkler system that runs the flower beds every other day. Uh, just oh, because you want a little bit more water on those some for some of those plants. So I tend to run it a little bit differently, but I think your timing is right. I would say two to three times a week is probably fine. You might, you know, just try cutting it back a little bit just to see if you can get away with it. And, and you kind of, yeah, I, 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 I always, I always hate, uh, I shouldn't say hate. I have a hard time with right. watering stuff because there's so many different variables that go into it and you kind of mm-hmm. just got to play mm-hmm. around with it. And it's, it's always easy. You can always add water, but you can't take it back. Right. Yeah. So it's it always okay. air on the side okay. of underwatering cause you can always add some more. Okay. Okay. That's great. Okay. What would you suggest on systems where you you're all your sprinklers? I mean, like one one um, station, but uh, the way the lawn is shaped, uh, it's getting pl- just the perfect amount in in a lot of the area. But then you've got some dry spots, um, you know a, that a hose in order and to sprinkler. keep those better. Yeah, just a what? A hose and sprinkler. A hose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Just take a hose out there. And just plop it down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was. I was hoping some revolutionary idea here, but no. that's what I have done. So. They already had it. <laughs> we already had the revolutionary idea. It was a hose. Yeah. Yeah. We have. We, that's why we. That's why we haven't turned the wheels square. Yet. <laughs> okay, guys. Hey, thank you so you much. Bet. Yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the questions in the call, Wendy. I appreciate that, and good luck with the tree. I hope you find one. That works out well for you. Looks like we got Doug in Meridian. Doug, how's it going? How can we help you today? Good. How are you doing, Dolan? I'm doing thanks great. For all your great information. I appreciate it yeah, so thanks. much. Um, was it last month we had that rain and you said a lot of the trees that have a red color or purple color yes. may um, Was that a month ago already? <laughs> Gosh, it's hard to believe, but yeah, I feel like it has been about a month. Yes, the red leaf plants, your your cherries, um, your plums, um, a lot of any, yeah, really any of those red leaf plants will get that shot hole. Um, did you notice some in your area? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. It's a, um, <laughs> it's a flowering plum tree. Yeah. Even though yeah. it does bloom 
yeah. you know, it does um, produce some fruit. Yeah, sometimes they'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What is there a solution to? Stop the holes now. At this point, well, at this point, no, it's done. They've already they've already made the hole. We're probably you're probably not going to get any more. Um, you know, if we do happen to get a rain, there could be some more holes. But the, you know, the shot hole fungus is one of those things where it doesn't. I've never had a seen a plant die from shot hole fungus right. that wasn't already stressed out and diseased from other things. So shot hole fungus is never going to kill a tree, um, at least on its okay. own. Uh, it's just going to leave those holes in there next year. It'll come back. The leaves should be just fine. Um, the thing to do is when you see that rain, apply your copper right, right. then, uh, because it, it's an immediate effect. Those droplets hit the petals and they infect and drop out within a couple of days. And there's, once it, it rains, if there's no protection there, it's going to do it. All right. Uh, one other thing on that, um, trip system. Um, I'm wondering if this is what killed my arbovite. On the the what now? The arbovite. Yeah, what was the thing you, you said? You have a drip system on your arbovite. Oh, the drip system. The drip system. I it's, have the yeah. um, little emitters that are um, spread out. Yeah, it could have been. You know, drip systems can, um, you know, one of those... They're, 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 they're silent. They, right. You know, you never, you never, you, you, you don't know. always know exactly what they're doing. It's hard to check um, a progress report on, yeah. on, on a drip system. <laughs> well, you know, within the lawn, you see the thing pop up and it does its thing. You can, right. you know, you can visually see it with the drip systems. And sometimes, you know, especially the soaker ones like Wendy had, um, there's not a lot of visual indicator that anything's going on. And then, you know, like it could, it definitely could have been, you know, the, the, the system, the water was too much or just not enough. And, and, you know, you didn't, didn't quite catch it in time. And, 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 and dripper systems can be very inconsistent on temperature swings too, yeah. because if it's a really hot few days and it's evaporating almost as quickly as it's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, it can really affect how much water that plant's getting. Yeah, not to mention how quick, how much they break. I like I have to re- I have to fix my my drip system stuff like every year. Like multiple things break on them. So it'd be just, kind of a good idea to just randomly take your hose and yeah, water your absolutely. That is that is, that is my anyway. favorite way to water a tree. Is <laughs> yeah, put the hose out there, turn yeah. it on, and walk away for 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, you just get to forget this, about it. This arborvitae was put in. Uh, back in 2017, and then it died last year. Yeah, like I showed you. Yeah, and that's uh, I don't know. I've I've seen so many arborvitae to it. It's just <laughs> um, it's 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 a tough one. I yeah, I don't know. I wish I could really figure those out. Thanks for the call, Doug. We appreciate it. We got to go to a break. We got one more segment here in the Zamzos Garden Show. If you'd like to be a part of the show, give us a call at 208-336-3700 or one eight hundred five two nine KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and aphids can't add, but they sure can multiply. In fact, left unchecked, a small group of aphids can reproduce so quickly, you'll think they've hatched a plot to take over the world. But not to worry, because at Zamzo's, we have multiple ways to eliminate aphids. For small infestations and organic gardens, we have insecticidal soap, hot pepper wax, and both neem and horticultural oils that eliminate aphids naturally without chemicals. Biological cures include ladybugs and praying mantis. 
And for large infestations, Zamzo Z1 works on contact and comes in a hose-in sprayer, a ready-to-use spray, and even a dust for your flowers and garden. So if you have aphids or other insects that need to go, go to your nearest Zamzo's and head them off at the pass before they take over your home, yard, and garden. Because since 1933, when it comes to solutions that really work, nobody knows like Zamzo's. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons, 3 to 6, on 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and with me today has been Matt Maston of our Federal Way Store. Matt, thank you so much for coming down here, man. I appreciate you uh, being willing to uh, come down and hang out with me on short notice, and uh, I needed someone to talk to. So it was... I, I am the one that's willing to put up. <laughs> There are very few, but uh, Matt's one of them. So, hey, if you'd like to be a part of the show, we still got some time here. We can get a couple questions in. If you have anything you want to talk about, give us a call at 208 336 3700 or 1 800 529 KBOY. So, we were talking, we've been talking about bugs. We've had a lot of questions today, which have been fantastic, but uh, we were talking a little bit about bugs. We were talking about grubs. Uh, starting to show up in the lawn. You definitely want to make sure you're getting that tree and shrub, or excuse me, not the tree and shrub. You want to use the duration grub control. Get that down on the lawn right now well, to take both care of the imidacloprid base. So they are, you're yes. Not that far off. Yeah, um, sim- yeah, similar in uh, action uh, and chemical. Uh, the other ones that uh, we've been dealing a lot with, it seems like, we always deal with aphids. Aphids right. are like a constant, right? I mean, they ha- they must ser- serve some sort of higher purpose than we give them credit for. Making um, the car sticky. It's a it's 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 uh, it's a uh, it's a racket by car wash. Do- oh, car wash. that's it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's something that they do. Yeah, uh, but aphids are all around. They're always uh, you know something that just. Just a constant. So we got to take care of them. So right. there's a couple of things you can do if you've got it. If, uh, you know, right now the like the tree and shrub is not something that's going to be very effective right now right. because you can't. It's, it's a systemic. It takes time to get up into the tree. It's a great product that lasts for a year once you apply it one time. Uh, but right now, if you've got them in the in the your plants, you want to do something else for them. So what's your go to when it comes to aphids, Matt? So it depends on where it is. Yeah, because. I don't like to use anything synthetic in the vegetable garden. Absolutely. So in the in the vegetable garden, I like to stick to uh, neem oil works real well. Um, I'm partial to insecticidal soap. Mm. Um, not the biggest fan of the way neem oil smells. Yeah. It is effective. <laughs> we also carry a product called, uh, it's a garden armor. It's uh, almost like a, it's another oil-based product. Mm. It works really well. But anything that I'm not eating, which is a lot of things, um, I usually use Z1. That's my yeah. any, any like a permethrin based product sure. works real well. Have you ever tried putting ladybugs out? I I have. Um, I've to be honest with you, because I'm I hate aphids so much. I'm real. You just want them. I, 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 I just, want them gone. I, you know, it's just let's get rid of them or stay out in front of it. Yeah, I mean, the ladybugs do their job, and I think they're lucky. And I like praying mantises too as the apex insect killers. But yeah. I'd rather just kill them. <laughs> They're born pregnant. They, they, they. There's they nothing pro- wrong with that. They proliferate. Yeah, quickly. they do. They do reproduce very quickly. Um, and we do have. I know some of the stores still have some ladybugs in. So if you mm-hmm. want to go that route, I know some of the stores still have it. I think we did get an email that was saying that the supply was running a little low, which is a. It's a little early for them to be running low, but it sounds like we might be able to get some more here pretty soon. And, and well, we also started carrying cups that are half. 
uh, ladybugs half lace wings. Yeah, right. Tom. And, and lace wings. <laughs> lace wings also uh, yeah. take care of aphids. Lace right. wings are voracious predators. Right. They eat so many bugs. They are very fast, and they kill a lot of aphids. Um, I think they call them lion heads uh, mm-hmm. because our – because they just they're so fast they eat Good. so many things they're very very like ferocious pests i'm gonna i'm gonna All go right. home and wear green lace in honor of that. <laughs> that's okay send me a picture uh let's see so what are some of the other bugs that a lot of people come oh you know which one i want to talk about before we run out of time we said we got a few more minutes here yeah. uh earwigs earwigs i haven't had it nobody said anything about earwigs yet um i'm sure i've said it now which means right. it's gonna yeah, i've exactly it's now reverberated out through the valley and for those of you that don't know that's not a tiny piece of hair that you put on your ears <laughs> earwigs hilarious uh but earwigs are i'm sure we're gonna start hearing about earwigs mm-hmm. pretty soon they will be showing up and you know the earwigs are one of those they're just a nuisance you know they don't they don't kill anything. Right. They're, just, They're not going to kill something down to nothing. But man, when it's the worst thing ever when you're cleaning out your lettuce or your uh-huh. cabbage, and you you know you peel back a few leaves, and there's like a you know a family of earwigs sitting right. in there. There's 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 something to be said for the ick factor. Yeah, it's just you know I don't I don't like them around, and they don't you know they do some I guess they do something good for the environment. I mean, at some they, point, I think they but, eat other insects. They eat, uh, do they? And they, well, and they also are good decomposers. Right. Yeah, they eat a lot of other things to like decompose mm-hmm. stuff. But for, you know, they like all that. They like that leafy vegetables. And the, particularly with like lettuces, anything they got those places that they can mm-hmm. crawl and hide into. So I, I, I'm going to talk about this one probably. I, I always talk about the bug and slug is, is, the best Absolutely. earwig control. I don't know how many times I've talked to people and they're like, uh, you know, what do I do? I can't get rid of them. And okay. I tell them, use bug and slug. Bug and slug. it is, this, you know, I get multiple yes. reports coming back like, Absolutely. oh, my gosh, they're gone. And I think the real key to it is because there's this old style of putting a bug killer in a powdered form around your plants, kind of piling it up. I think a lot of people still try to do that with bug and slug. And you really want to just spread it out like crazy. Get it all over like your your garden because like the one pound bottle of bug and slug killer uh, covers like 3,000 square feet. It goes so far and does such good work. You don't have to pile it up. And it takes care of slugs and snails. Absolutely. And, I mean, just about any other bug that's going to crawl around or is a chewing uh, insect like that is going to take care of. And it, it, uh, pill bugs, sow bugs, uh-huh. potato bugs, whichever one you want to call Whatever it. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, any one of those three, it does. It takes care of those as well. And those are another one that will get into your, your leafy vegetables. And, it, and, and because it's a bait, you can kind of – the bug will get that before they even have – Touch exactly. Face. So that is one like have that one at the ready because it is great. You might also see Sluggo Plus. I think we've I think I've seen Sluggo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sluggo and Sluggo Plus, same exact thing as uh, the Bug and Slug Killer that we carry. Well, Sluggo Our, Plus is the same as Bug and Slug. Is the same, but yeah, Sluggo Plus is the same as Bug and Slug. So either one of those, they are tremendous, and they're organic. That's the other thing that's amazing about yes, it. Sir. It's completely organic, so you can use it just about everywhere. Um, probably not in the cracks in the house. It's not going to work there just because it's a pellet. You never I mean, know. Yeah, maybe. Crush it. Anyway, we're about out of time. Matt, thank you so much again. I appreciate your time and uh, you coming down here to hang out with me. I always enjoy getting a chance to talk I, I'm, with I'm you. I'm here for the, cus- for, the cl- for the callers, not for you. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate that no matter what. Uh, we will be back next week here on the Zamzo's Garden Show. Have a great weekend, everyone.
Hi, this is Jim Zamzel, and here's what I'm doing in my yard and garden right now. Since the last average frost date has passed, I'm planting my tomatoes and peppers and putting some tomato boom into the hole of each plant. Later, as my plants progress, I'll apply a tablespoon of Thrive around each pepper plant and two tablespoons of Thrive around each tomato plant to keep them healthy and increase flavor and yield. In my yard, I've already raised the height of my mower to the next highest setting. As the weather gets hot, it's crucial you don't cut your lawn too short and that you water it properly, which means deeply and infrequently. Depending on soil and drainage, most lawns need half an inch of water two times per week. Keeping your lawn properly fed helps too, so if you've not applied your second application of Zamzel's lawn food, it's time. Well that's what I'm doing in my yard and garden. We'd love to help you with yours, so come see us. Because since 1933, when it comes to helping the Treasure Valley grow better, Nobody knows like Zamzo's.